Okay, welcome to the Matson Tash Paranormal Podcast. Episode Dose. Episode 2. Yes. Today we're talking about simulation hypothesis or simulation theory. Uh, it's based on the holographic universe idea. It basically is the idea that we are living in a computer. Simulation. Yeah, one big simulation. And uh, it's kind of a tough, tough idea or theory to wrap your head around, but it makes the most sense as far as the physicists and all the smart people are concerned. Even the head guy at Google, apparently. This first video we're going to watch is called God Science, Episode 1. If you YouTube just God Science, this is the first thing that comes up. It looks like they just started this channel, and I'm actually quite excited for it because they've picked this as their first episode, and um, some really good information. It's nothing too special. I mean, they just basically take and compile a bunch of stuff from other uh, important uh, videos and stuff out there, and then they make a... They actually made a really cool thumbnail, and that, I think that a lot of times will drive you, will pull you in just a good thumbnail yeah it's so it's so true i never click on anything that doesn't look cool or 80s (laughs) so even the beginning is actually hilarious and they they definitely go into like yeah here we go they got they got a sweet like intro you yeah we're hooked already you would think it was on like primetime television but no just jacked off youtube bunch of compiled stuff here's uh the matrix yeah keanu reeves so sure it was real. What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream world and the real world? What if you woke up one day and discovered that everything you've always taken for granted is not what it seems at all? What you thought was reality is actually a simulation. So they're showing Wizard of Oz right now. Complex, sophisticated illusion. And now we're into like time lapses of uh, even solid Earth. Earth itself yeah. is no more real than say a rock that you would pick up in a dream. And not only are you living in a simulation, but it's being generated by a system that you can contact with your mind and actually change the simulation itself. In effect, hacking the universe. I don't like what that. What would you do to change the world? <laughs> what would you do? I don't like that. Recent scientific discoveries are strongly suggesting that this is the case, that we live inside a simulation Whoa. and that we as observers have a demonstrable power over it. We are actually participating in the creation of the reality that we live in. Wait, what? what? Are we really what? living what? in a simulation? <laughs> simulation? Well, this is the conclusion that physicists and cosmologists have been coming to. So anyway, yeah, um, that's the intro to this video, and it's really, uh, it's really kind of funny how they set it up. But basically, the idea is that um, you know everything is actually created within your mind. So everything that you're experiencing out there is actually not out there. It's actually created. It's a simulation in your mind. You're in a simulation. Right. Which is in part of a bigger system that we're all connected to. So I'm guessing maybe everybody's running their own simulation of mm-hmm. what is real. And they 
have the power to they create, I guess, however they're feeling or however their uh, life is going, that's what is, gets reflected in the simulations. So if you're, uh, that's where the law of attraction comes in and the secret and all that good stuff. So those types of people with that sort of new age idea using science to back it up, uh, they love that idea. And I, I kind of do too, actually. You know, The Matrix is one of those movies that completely demonstrates this idea of a simulation. Um, the idea in The Matrix is, you know, they're 3,000 or whatever years into the future. The Earth has been overhauled. The machines have taken over. There's a whole backstory about how the machines, robots, took over over hundreds and I think thousands even of years. So they uh, they basically took over and this is the future of humanity living out their lives in a computer simulation and the idea in the matrix is that as they run these simulations they're generating power and so basically they're used like as batteries for the the sentinels or computers I haven't watched that movie in a long time. I know you almost have to but watch it a few yeah, times. Yeah, I kind of want to really, watch it again to but really get it. I do remember that like they download um, skills. Mm-hmm. You know, like they get hooked up to this machine and then they. Well, like, everything in the Matrix is just that exactly that. It's yeah. the Matrix, so you're you're able to. That's why Neo is able to do what he can do in the Matrix is yeah. because he understands what it is and he's no longer tricked by it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. He knows it's a computer simulation and it's just ones and zeros, digital code. Yeah. And he can break the laws of, of nature by flying and all that jazz. Bending. Bending time. <laughs> yeah. Moving. Yeah. Dodging bullets. Dodging bullets. That sort of, that sort yeah. of thing. Saving lives. The spoon thing. Yeah. Which brings me to my next point. Um, maybe I can find it here in the video. Okay. Good. But is there any solid evidence of computer programming in nature? It seems there is. Theoretical physicist James Gates James has Gates. found computer code hidden deeply in the equations that describe supersymmetry. So you're saying as you dig deep, Neil deGrasse Tyson. You find computer code writ in the fabric of the cosmos into the equations that we want to use to describe the cosmos, yes. Computer code. Computer code, strings of bits of ones and zeros. Love is hair. Yeah. It's not just sort of resembles computer code, you're saying it is computer code. It's not even just is computer code, it's a special kind of computer code that was invented by a scientist named Claude Shannon in the 1940s. Okay, so they found computer code within the bits of matter and the cosmos. Okay, but why did he just say it was invented by Claude Shannon? Well, that's the thing that really blows people's minds. Now, I'm going to go off on a tangent here on a bit of a rant. So this is a bit of an, an idea that I got after watching this. Is What if people from the future got so good at running simulations like second life you know video game vr second life stuff like that and it just got so good to the point where you know we're starting to do 3d printing now think about you know 500 years from now maybe we can create actual matter with Uh nanotechnology and, and actually create real space and things inside of it 
So then they get so advanced that maybe they want to create different simulations that are different um, eras of time, maybe different possibilities. And they run these simulations to A, travel through time to visit different times to see what it would be like. B, to see how different um, different cultures with different programs embedded react to their societies and grow as society. Um, maybe they want to see uh, how, you know, th- how their future is going to end up being. Maybe they, you know, like they could predict their own future by looking at a simulation that maybe they could spe- speed up. Uh, and uh, I saw that in an episode of, was it, was it Stargate or something? <laughs> but anyway, they, yeah, you basically speed up um, the evolution so that you can predict your own e- evolution by doing these simulations. And I mean, that's just a, a far off crackpot theory, so, but so too much. But for think me. about that. I mean, we could be just one simulation of billions and billions of simulations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you get into uh, John Titter, which is uh, that's a whole nother podcast that we should actually do do one on. Um, but John Titter was someone that supposedly claimed that he was from the future and he was coming back to 1974 to steal a certain chip or computer code from an IBM lab or something to take back to the future because it was very important to his time and his um, reality. Why in the future? Why wouldn't he take it back? Why wouldn't he be from the past coming into the future to take? I'm not too sure. So it doesn't make sense. But the weird thing is is he started blogging in 2000 and then he disappeared and then he popped up again. Uh, Some people think it's John Haber, a guy in Florida who's kind of really into computers and stuff. There's some links. But uh, Hmm. but what if a guy like that went back in time one time just to steal the code from, say, someone like 19... 44 dude created this and then built on that in the future to create simulations and that's why you know we find it here now it's because we're just a simulation that was made by this guy's code that's the only kind of logical uh, explanation i can come up with that and so anyway i just wanted to go on i just wanted to go on a rant about that um but yeah let's see what they say next i think they go into some matrix stuff here so, so, are you saying we are all just, there's some entity that programmed the universe and we're just expressions of their code? Consider the fact of a maximum speed in nature, the speed of light. In 2011, scientists reported neutrinos traveling faster than the speed of light. But those findings were retracted when it was discovered that equipment used in the experiment was faulty. Nothing has ever been seen to travel faster than the speed of light. Nature has a maximum speed, and events in a virtual world would also obey a maximum speed. This guy narrating is pretty funny, eh? Mm-hmm. Just boring. There's also the curving of space by massive objects and time. But I kind of like it. It's just it's monotone. It's kind of like a lullaby. Yeah, it, it was like putting me to sleep <laughs> like every night when I was trying to watch this. Yeah, but I got oh, through it. You said that like it took you a really long time. A high processing demand. Such that massive objects so he's talking about, you know, a big computer with 
similar to the way that high data you know just so much processing speed that a computer basically would you know have the power to do to run you know a real life um a reality or timeline and then they go into identical parts of like how and why uh it it resembles i think a computer or quantum everything's just like yeah quantum entanglement non-locality is another thing that you can talk about which is basically um you know particles uh not even being particles they're waves of potential and they could exist anywhere at any time they kind of do exist at anywhere at any time until there's an observer and then they pop into a location so there's a non-locality uh um, side to them which you also get entanglement kind of like if the tree falls in the forest and nobody's there can you hear it exactly kind of yeah. like that yeah exactly i mean <laughs> it, there has to be some an observer t- for for something for to it be to experience e- exist or whatever experience yeah because everything's uh data or consciousness and yeah. that's that's what uh a nasa physicist tom campbell actually gets into a lot so that's happened to you before where you've thought of something that you haven't thought of in a long time yeah. and then all of a sudden it comes up um, again and again yeah. without you realizing it. Yeah, and you're like, weird coincidence. Yeah, that Maybe happened not. to me the other day. Uh, I was thinking about a movie. I think it was Powder. And then I, I was, love that movie. And then I was listening to a podcast and I think it was on Joe Rogan and uh, the guy on there kind of spilt the beans about the director being this like child sex offender and what? the whole movie is about some sort of what sex, <laughs> no. yeah child sex uh, uh cult uh, teachings but anyway well, we won't get it what? we won't get into that you're gonna have to tell me about that later but uh anyways uh check it out it's on that podcast that's like a childhood favorite of mine <laughs> <laughs> i think i own that movie too yeah god somewhere so good so yeah and then we so here's Tom Campbell. He's a super smart dude. Uh, if you want to check some cool shit out, just listen to him talk. I ended up listening to like a six-hour lecture on <laughs> of him just talking about this kind of stuff. And when you do hear it from his perspective, it really does make you take it seriously. And as we evolve... Because he's a NASA evolve physicist. He's not effing around. He's not effing around. Spiritual growth... It means growing up. He, this is his job. He studies this shit. Fear, you know, ego, belief, and expectation. It uh, means lowering the entropy of your consciousness. That's what I mean by growing up, evolving. We are a unit of consciousness, and our job is to evolve the quality of that consciousness. Now, when you get rid of this fear and belief, what are you left with? What are you without that? Your love—that's what's left over. What? So he's got a really good message because he—he's advocating for the love frequency, um, the basically the the high uh, entropy of life. So he's saying if you take you know a group of people and if they build on those values, you know they will they will build more. They will be more creative as as a culture and as society and then the ones that are like selfish and you know burn your neighbor's barn down type of thing uh will just be destruction and then he kind of alludes to the fact that we're mostly in 
<laughs> the bad the, yeah, the bad the one, one. <laughs> realm right now it's like i think he makes a joke like um what does that sound like um but yeah so if that's any kind of proof right there to uh you know work together it all comes down to i guess everyone personally and what they believe because everybody has their own perspective on on life uh one thing they come across in this other video um, in the workshop, the Holographic Universe workshop, there's five parts. They're all like an hour to two hours long. But anyway, there was one part in it where it talks about Brad Pitt. And you've you've heard of like people being like, you know, when they see somebody and they're like, oh, that looks just like Brad Pitt or whatever. And then another person would be like, that doesn't look anything like Brad Pitt. Yeah. So it's just showing like the different perception of and perspectives of different people we are all living our own sort of uh thick dream mm -hmm. that uh is really no different than a, a sleeping dream or an idea or thought um we're just in a more materialized simulation that's the idea and when you start thinking like that then it's uh you know you start thinking of everything out there as being a reflection of what's going on in here and if you change what's in here you should see a difference out there mm -hmm. and i mean that's a common teaching that i think everybody should uh, learn but it's not black and white you know there's a lot of gray area and you're not always gonna see results or or see exactly what you want to see in this other one uh, or in that same workshop they talk about infinite eye which would be some, I don't know, I guess God or your higher self. And they talk about how, you know, you can, you can think these things all you want, but you need to trust in that your infinite eye is giving you the experiences that you need at the time. So everything is, is fate and meant to be and a learning experience for life and e evolving you as a, a spirit and as a soul. Or as a reflection of your infinite eye on this one of many infinite realities. Which you get into multiverse theory, um, too. Ties into the holographic universe. And, you know, if we're just one simulation, maybe different simulations would solve the, uh, the idea of multiverse theory. Or at least supports it. Too much. <laughs> What are your thoughts on that? I don't have any. What was the one I was telling you I was watching last night? The Holographic Universe? Uh, the... Yeah, Holographic Universe. Yeah, see, it's really confusing because there's... Honestly, there's the Holographic Universe, the 56-minute version, which is like an old 80s like science video. Yeah. Which is really weird. It's got great music. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there was like a religious, a very hard religious angle. I think there was too. I was but um, yeah. they cut it out. I, I remember seeing it. Um, it was sort of alluding to the fact that like, well, if there is a creator, then there has to be a God. That's the thing. They started talking about like the creator. Yeah. And then I started and I guess, getting weirded out. You know, infinite eye is the same kind of idea. Yeah. But it's all perspective on how you want to look at it. Yeah. They really talk about some events and different things that are happening um as being part of just you know your your journey and and not to fight it i guess all of these different theories have the same sort of um 
beginning where they're saying, you know, I think that they all believe there's like some sort of creator, right? Whether it's like a computer code or. Yeah. Yeah. They can always boil it down. Whatever to some it sort is. Yeah. Religious faith, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it is tied into spirituality for sure. And I think a lot of people, you know, they're making that connection because it is it does have a lot of scientific uh, basis, even though it is like completely out there, weird, you know, into the unknown type stuff at the quantum level things are weird mm-hmm. like y- you know they time doesn't really exist the, the way it does at this level uh things like i said have non-locality they could pop in and out at any time that's the idea with the double slit experiment yeah anyways. and um, when something's observing things happen or don't happen yeah depending. so anyway uh just well anyway to get back to my other point i was just going to say that yeah it's confusing with these videos because there's the holographic universe the 56 minute version and then there's the holographic universe the five part workshop which are all like an hour to two hours long and then there's a holographic universe which is a five part they're all like 10 minutes long somebody compiled all the five parts and put them into one you know the 56 minute version yeah instead of like so when i'm talking yeah so when i'm talking about the five part uh workshop i'm talking about the the long one that are like two to four hours so anyway it's it does get a little confusing i suggest just kind of watching them all it's a lot of the same content but when you get through them it's good to watch it again because it's it's really uh it's really heavy stuff honestly but it is true i mean it's uh they're finding more and more data more and more evidence to support these theories and when they first came up with it the scientists that did they got laughed at and now they're not laughing anymore. It's it's taken very seriously because they keep finding more and more evidence of this idea. And uh, yeah. That's check. how it goes, though. People think, you know, back in the day, the world was flat. And the ones that were saying it was round got laughed at. Exactly. Right? The, yeah. And in that documentary, I think he alludes to that. Yeah. To that idea. So, yeah, that's uh, that's exactly it. You never know. Let's get into the double slit experiment. Um, if you don't know what the double slit experiment is. I suggest you check it out, basically. It's a pretty I highly thing. suggest you take you check it out mm-hmm. because it's it's just crazy. If you check out uh if you YouTube What it. the Bleep Do We Know, which is another documentary that everybody should watch. There's a different animation. I know you're thinking of the Doctor Quantum one. Yeah. And that's a good one too, and everybody should check that one out. But uh this one actually is is a different one and uh the experiment. I really like the uh, animation that comes in. Infrared. It looks, would. A, it looks a lot like, uh, or it really shows the, it really drives the point home. In 1978, <laughs> physicist John Wheeler proposed a new way of doing the double slit experiment that might finally reveal what's really happening. He proposed what is called the delayed choice experiment, in which the decision of whether or not to observe the particles isn't made until after they've gone through the slits, but before they've impacted the detector. This animation is highly simplified, but you get the idea. <laughs> the music. I know. Here so comes epic. The light. It travels through the double slit barrier as waves. So this is part of the uh, God Science the episode one. Hit the detector, and here comes the scientist. So as a, as the observer He's comes in, his choice to make this an observed experiment. And then 
He opens his eyes. The waves turn into particles, and reality is created. <gasps> yeah, this shot is awesome what with the monkey. the... But here's the thing. I'm Land just going to pause apes. it there. Here's the thing. So they run the experiment and found that when they're not looking, it goes through the slits as waves. When they are looking, it goes through the slits as particles. So this guy's idea was we're going to delay looking at it and then check the slits. And then so that opened up a whole nother can of worms. And I'll tell you why. It's because time doesn't matter. If those particles get observed and change here, that means they change in the past, in the future, across the board. And that is another like <laughs> mind blower right there hmm. because Tom Campbell, he gets into this and he has a whole bunch of experiments to kind of like uh, with letters and stuff, checking letters, burning letters. It's like if it doesn't exist and wasn't observed, then it's not part of this reality. The results of the experiment didn't solve the mystery. Instead, it got even stranger. Just stranger. Oh God. Because what was found was that at the moment of decision to observe, the waves became particles. And not only that, but they actually made a record of themselves as having traveled through the slits as particles. Yes, you heard me. <laughs> Why did he have to say that? Causes the waves to become particles, and this causal force extends backwards in time. Our choice of backwards in time experiment to do determines the prior state of the electron. Running the experiment unobserved does not cause this effect. I don't even understand the that. observer effect. When John Wheeler first proposed... So, you know, that's kind of a crazy idea. And uh, I just, um, if you watch the other video, which I think you checked out last night. Yeah. Did you get as far, uh, it, I'm talking about the holographic, yeah. holographic universe 56-minute uh, version. I th think I finished it. Yeah? Did you see the part with the bird and yeah. the light? Mm, I, th I don't know. Uh, did that part not blow your mind? Um, you know, with the idea that... Oh, yeah, I did see that. Um, I know what you're talking about. You know, basically, <laughs> our brain is just decoding electrical signals yeah. that are being imported from our eyeballs. We don't actually see things as what they are. We decode electrical signals, and then we create those things within our brains. So we don't actually see with our eyes. We see with our brains we're interpreting we're interpreting the electrical signals in uh, our brains exactly and same with audio as yeah. we hear things we are taking those electrical signals decoding them as music or sounds and then our brains is say, is realizing okay i'm podcasting right now i'm talking yeah and then that's what I we're hearing hear that. so if you cut off the signals that's where we get into the if a tree falls in the forest, do you really hear it? Because yeah. it's like, if you cut off the signals, does that mean that the transmission is still not being transmitted? You know? But anyway, the idea that li uh, it light doesn't really exist because inside your mind, inside your brain, it's always dark. 
but yet we see in our imaginations in with our eyeballs a big vivid landscape of daylight you know but re in reality there's no light inside your brain where these pictures are being created mm -hmm. and being put together from the electrical signals being decoded so the double slit experiment supports that idea because it's saying that everything's just a holographic wave part of the hologram which which is basically waves and then as we are observe them they turn into particles and if you have ever seen the truman show it's kind of that idea you know and we get into what i call stage theory or the idea that nothing else exists unless you're observing it so it goes into some deep deep theories that uh you've probably thought of you know just on your own and then it supports those things so mm -hmm. it's very interesting if you have thought of those theories on your own and then you're like oh wow this kind of makes sense makes that make sense yeah and another thing i found interesting in that documentary was um they talked about if they took the your brain out of you and they hooked it up to a computer and simulated you know something else going the electrical on. signals that you think are real life your brain would right. think yeah like say it simulated that it was you know a different human being or it was like at a desk i think is what the example that it had like in your office yeah, or whatever yeah but this brain is actually just sitting in who knows where a glass right? box a glass yeah, box hooked yeah. up to a computer hooked up to a computer but but it doesn't know the difference it thinks that it's and like that's, doing its office job yeah, and that's the matrix idea yeah people living in the matrix they don't realize that they're and it's just like if the people in second life in the virtual reality do yeah. they do they know that they're in a a virtual reality and do they know that you know uh some of these other i've heard some other guys refer to the big bang as maybe a a startup on a computer yeah <laughs> that's awesome yeah maybe when you're playing second life or the sims that's an, a whole other reality that we're controlling yeah and those are real actual real little beings and they're living their life so there's some footage that they i think put into some of these documentaries they take and you know to drive that point home there's lots of different little theories that get supported by by this idea and i think that's why it's so popular the world of perceptions we live within our minds. The music. Yeah. <laughs> the graphics. It's so 80s. It reminds me of like those old YTV um, shorts. Or like a video that you would watch in school, like science yeah. or something. But anyway. The perceptions we observe may well be coming from an artificial source. Artificial source, like a computer. To see this in the mind's eye by an example. First, let us suppose that we could take our brain out of our body and keep it alive in a glass jar. This will be the let future, a eh? yeah. Singularity. All kinds of information can be recorded. Finally, let us transmit the electrical signals of all the data related to a setting, such as image sound and smell which we already do with video games mm -hmm. and movies computer to the sensory centers in our brain with electrodes and send the pre-recorded data to our brain as our brain perceives these signals it will see and live the setting correlated with these from this computer 
we can send to our brain also signals pertaining to our own image. For instance, we can send to our brain the electrical correlates of such senses as sight, hearing, and touch that we perceive the five senses. The desk. In that state, our brain would think itself as a businessman sitting in his office. This imaginary world would continue as long as the stimulations keep coming from the computer. We would never realize that we only consist of a brain. It is indeed very easy for us to be deceived into believing perceptions without any material correlates to be real. This is just what happens in our dreams. Exactly. Then they get to talking about what's what is a dream and what's reality, right? And when you yeah, wake up yeah. from your dream, how do you know you're not just in a bigger dream? Exactly. Um, they get into light, yeah, like we were talking about how that doesn't really exist because it's just electrical signals in your brain. It's not actually out there. It's it's within you. Yeah, there was one part that I kind of liked too when they were talking about when you're, like say if you're a kid with a telescope, you know, like looking out at the sky, but you're and you think it's like thousands and millions of miles away, but it's actually not it's so close that it's inside of your brain it's actually at the back of your brain yeah that's where you come up with the visuals and uh and how is that any different than the mind's eye where you have imaginations or thoughts or mm -hmm. you know like um is it all just part of a different simulation on a different level yeah you know so anyway it's a uh, it's a uh, really really interesting theory and uh, I love getting people's take on it we've been taught that the process of seeing is when light clusters called photons travel okay this is more of more of the, the electrical signals entering our brain the eye where they are refracted and focused on the retina at the back of the eye we're all just lenses no different Here, than a camera in taking information transmitted by neurons to the center of vision at the back of the brain we now know that the opposite is true that the act of seeing actually takes place in this center in the brain the visual cortex all the images we view in our lives and all the events we experience are actually experienced in this tiny and dark place. Both the film you are now watching and the boundless landscape you see when you gaze at the horizon actually fit into this place of a few cubic centimeters. I can't handle that. That's, that's a mind blower that's right there. Much. Yeah. I don't These like it. These physical facts make us come to an indisputable conclusion. <laughs> Everything we see, this, touch, hear, this guy is so about it. He is, yeah. Is only electrical signals in our brain. I mean, yeah, it's grain of salt. You know, it's uh, you take it for for what it's worth. We don't really know. It's theory. And uh, if you don't want to think about it, you know, you don't have then to. Then you don't. <laughs> But I, for one, do like thinking about it because I just find I always look at the positive side of things, I guess. And um, thinking that I do have control over my reality 
and that this is maybe just one reality of many simulations or alternate parallel universes, however you want to call it, um, you know, it gives you a lot of power maybe. To, or I feel like you, you'd take it the other way and go insane and like self-destruct. It's a very fine Quit your line. job, like jump yeah. off a bridge, like yeah. do all the things that... You have to have a, a, a very expanded mind capacity to be able to... And control. To hold this idea and... and Not lose accept it. Accept it without, you know, going crazy. Yeah. So I'd be I, the one I, that I totally, goes crazy. I totally understand that. But I, for one, really like it. It's a, it's a cool idea. And um, the advancements in computers that are happening at a rapid pace. Every day. It wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me either. And I think it would be a great way for uh, for time travel to become real as well. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's a way for people to experience different different eras of time, like I was saying earlier, you know. That's sort of the main reason I would think that one would come up with with this sort of plan. Mm-hmm. But I mean, think about what we're doing already. We're we're running uh, testing on animals and small ants. You know, we're just ones and zeros to them. They don't. We're not important. So they they can do whatever they want. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why we have this one uh, percent of uh, billionaires that are just having a great time. Because they they came from a different reality and they're just, uh, you know, taking advantage of our our matrix. Yeah. I think we could maybe wrap it up there. Um, I think I've touched on all the things I want to. I mean, obviously, there is so much that we haven't touched on. And I really encourage everybody to do their own research. You know, we might have to do another podcast on this topic because there's just so much um, that I that I probably didn't touch on that later I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I should have mentioned that. But I think that's enough for our our audience to uh, soak, in. soak in for a while. Yeah. And then maybe they'll be uh, that much more up to speed when we do uh, touch on the topic again. We'd like to... Uh, get some ideas from anyone if anybody would like us to tackle any uh, topics leave some comments in the youtube comment section or on the soundcloud we will check the comments and give us a like subscribe to the channel i'll have the links for you remember (laughs) life is just an illusion you're just a sim exactly comments nala